simply like to say thank you and welcome you to Humorcast. Hello everyone and welcome to an all new Fewercast, the Film Effect Weekly Entertainment Recap Podcast dedicated to all the latest news in film and entertainment industry from the last week. If you enjoy movies, podcasts, and casual banner amongst friends, then this is the place to be. I'm Ed, and with me are the usual suspects, Andrew, Jocelyn, Corey, and Justin. How are we doing, everyone? Greetings and salutations. I'm doing great. Hope everyone else is doing much of the same. I can't complain. I'm a year older now, but... Feeling good, doing good. Went to the beach. Saw me too. Some movie. Yeah, we both. A couple of us went to the beach. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. Feeling good. Still wish I was there. Same. Same. Hear that? So, how's everybody else doing? Good. Nothing new on my end. Yeah. I'm doing pretty good. Same old, same old. All right, well, before we jump into the show, you know the drill. First, I want to remind our listeners to check us out on all forms of social media for the latest news and updates on any future Film Effect episodes or projects, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, all links in the episode notes. You can reach out to us directly by messaging us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or email us at thefilmeffectpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to hit those likes and smash those subscribe buttons. Let's keep this Film Effect community growing. Ratings and reviews, if you could take the 30 seconds or so to leave a quick rating or review, it would help us out a lot, plus it lets us know how we're doing. Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen that allow reviews, please be sure to help us out. You can always support the show by grabbing merch, pick up a variety of various shirts, coffee mugs, flags, pillowcases, stickers, you name it, we've got it. Different designs, too. Uh, don't forget about Patreon returning in September with two bonus episodes and some more surprises. And now that I've got all that out of the way, it's time to tighten that grip and bring on the drip. I may have some breaking news for you, Elliot. Kicking off this week with a hot take. Quentin Tarantino thinks Crystal Skull is better than The Last Crusade. So Tarantino and Roger Avery, because they got that podcast now, um... What is it? Justin, help me out. I'm drawing Video a archives. Because I just listened to the episode yesterday with uh, the Video, Relic and the Key. Video archives podcast. Thank you. And, um, well, they were both on um, Real Blend, the podcast, and Tarantino said, I like Crystal Skull more than the Sean Connery one. I don't like the Sean Connery one. I don't like that one at all. That's such a boring one. It's boring. And it's he's not an interesting character. The joke is media, The joke is made immediately. It's like stop or my mom will shoot. And then Avery weighed in. He didn't quite <laughs> share the same sentiment as Quentin, but he did come out in favor of the fourth film, saying he liked it. Their opinions were in response to the co-host Kevin McCarthy, who said that he didn't view Crystal Skull as a true sequel to the franchise. Now you all know how I feel about this shit. I. I, I, I wrote Crystal Skull off when I first saw it back in 2008. Um, I'm not even the yeah, biggest fan sucks. of... I'm not even the biggest <laughs> fan of Last Crusade. That's my hot take. I, I think they're both rubbish, in my opinion. I'm a Temple of Doom guy, and that's kind of where it stops and goes for me with, with uh, Indiana Jones, honestly. That's right, you never saw Raiders the of the Lost Ark? I've never seen Raiders, and I've yeah, never been the biggest fan of Last Crusade. What? I know, right? <laughs> You've seen all the other ones, but not the best one. <laughs> this motherfucker. <laughs> Dude, both Christ. of these statements in the past five seconds that you've made have just made me angry. Oh, fuck <laughs> you. Fuck you. What's your take, okay? What do you think about all of this? I All right, so I like Kingdom of the Crystal Skulls. I think it's a fine film. Oh, I think God. people beat that film up way too fucking much. It's a fun film. Okay. It's fun. It's not yeah, the greatest it, film in the world. It's you just can fun. have shy of I mean, swinging on the monkey vines. Sequel, do I do I think huh. it's better than the Last Crusade? Fuck no, absolutely not. But <laughs> I had fun with it, and that's more than most can say. Do you think Tarantino has something against Sean Connery? <laughs> like he's just shit talking <laughs> the movie because he hates him for some reason. That's <laughs> the interesting one. One of the interesting things I've been listening to that podcast, and like, yeah, me he too. just they just did. Um, 
you guys would be interested. They did the keep the other day. Um, it's a good episode. The keep and the relic. Yeah, the relic. I thought it was spaced out on the other one. And and like in the keep, like t- t- not that he shits on Gabriel Byrne, but he's just like, I'm not the world's biggest Gabriel Byrne fan. It's like it's fun to hear him rather than just talk about shit he likes. It's fun to hear Tarantino talk about what he doesn't like. I, I for some reason I, I find that super super interesting. Yeah, they didn't have too much, too many kind things to say about the keep. Although they did come out saying it's like at least worth a watch, and that's kind of how I feel about the keep. I think it's got a very clunky third act. Um, the the um, Tangerine Dream score is fucking phenomenal as always, as you'd expect from Tangerine Dream. Um, I don't know. Other than that, you got Robert Prosky showing up with this weird ass wig and fake beard and shit, and um. You know, it's 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 definitely something, and and like they were talking about with um um Ian McKellen and his his old man makeup in that movie. <laughs> it's bizarre. <laughs> it's bizarre. Everything they said in that podcast about his makeup was spot on. <laughs> I've never seen the keep. Um, yeah, I watched but, it a few months ago. But going back to their. Um, indiana jones discussion i both agree and disagree with them i disagree that kingdom of the crystal skull is better than the last crusade kingdom of the crystal skull might be spielberg's worst movie and he hasn't made like all classics and masterpieces there's a few clunkers in there and i think this might be the worst of the worst i I hate that fucking movie worst of the world's yeah war of the worlds is good until the third act War, war of the worlds is actually very good for about an hour. I, I like the first act. That's it. I, I think it's good until they get to Tim Robbins and then it goes downhill and then it really drops off like toward the end. But um, I, I'm with you. I'm not the world's biggest last crusade fan. And people think that's crazy. I'm just, I, I just don't think that's a very good movie. It, it's entertaining enough. The, the beginning with uh, river Phoenix is fantastic. And I like Sean Connery in that movie, but that's about it. I hate the rest of that movie. Um, uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Raiders and uh, Temple of Doom guy all the way. Yeah, absolutely. I don't. I, I'm the same way. I like Last Crusade just fine. It's not. It's not on the same level as the first two, but it's just crazy to me. I wonder if he was on drugs or something when he was watching the fourth one. Because I don't. I don't dislike the fourth one. Like I don't hate it, but it's definitely by far the worst. I mean, come on. Like it. It's got fucking Shia swinging with monkey vines. It's got killer CGI it, ants. It, like, it I literally mean, starts with mountains turning into a molehill. Yeah. I, I mean, it was cool to see the characters back, and, you know, it, it was okay enough, but, yeah, it still sucks. I watched it a couple, like, a couple months ago. It still isn't that great. So I don't I don't know what Tarantino's seeing that I'm not. <laughs> I think fridge. Tarantino is one of those dudes who loves hot takes. And doesn't no, really have think, much composition behind opinions. No, I think Tarantino's a true cinephile. I think he just has opinions, whether they're controversial. I ain't saying that. I'm hot, just saying, like when you, cold, whatever, when you enjoy cinema that takes. much and you have this vast library of knowledge, like sometimes you don't call it as you see it. Maybe your nostalgia blinds you. I, I really don't know. Yeah, you know, to yourself, uh, like I said, check out uh, their podcast. Video Archives podcast is really good. They just started it. There's only a few episodes. Um, but it's really interesting. It's cool listening to Tarantino and, you know, his best friend just shoot the shit for a couple hours every week. And then they've got... Who's that girl that pops up at the end of every review? That's uh, Roger Avery's daughter. Okay. So, it's it's a, it's a good show. I like it. I didn't listen yeah, to the third ep- uh, the third part. I didn't listen to the Cafe Express segment because I know nothing about that movie. Yeah, so. I spaced on it. I listened to it, but I spaced a little bit on that part. But I just like I I, I can just li- sit and listen to Tarantino talk about movies all day long. Yeah, I just I, I love it when he pops up on like the rewatchables and, and the big picture on the the ringer. Yeah, it's great. Just anything and anywhere I'll I'll listen to him talk about movies, even yeah. if I haven't seen. <laughs> all right, let's cue that familiar music. Kevin Grewert returning to the Saw franchise next year to direct Saw X, dated for Halloween 2023. So it's not following the Chris Rock storyline. This is actually going back. This is supposed to be 
from what I'm hearing, little trinkets here and there, I'm hearing that this is yet another prequel with Tobin Bell returning to the franchise. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Why are we doing this? <laughs> Why is the he fuck gonna be... are we doing this? God! Is he going to be like in high school in this one or something? Like, Jesus Christ, how far back are we going? Hello, like... fellow teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've literally seen the first trap. Um, how many apprentices? I mean, it's going to end with a new apprentice. Like, how many fucking apprentices does Jigsaw have? Like, you can have know. a whole academy of apprentices at this point, if this is how it's going to, if this is the route they're going. I mean, you had I, something going with the Chris Rock shit. Why not follow up, you know, continue with that? Is, is that movie good? I've never seen it. I like yeah, Spiral. Good. Yeah, I like, I enjoyed Spiral. If you're a Saw fan, you'll enjoy it. It's nothing groundbreaking. I mean, yeah. if you know anything ass. about movies or watch movies, you're going to see the ending coming, but it was pretty good. But yeah, I... I'm to the point where if they're going to make more, I would just like them to reboot it because obviously Jigsaw's dead, so they can't really make a true sequel if they want to have Jigsaw or Tobin Bell in it. And then the prequel is just like stretching credibility so much. I mean, the the, the last one they did, the Jigsaw one, was already stretching credibility. Like, And these are supposed to be movies you're not even supposed to really think about. And it's making my brain bleed out of my ear. So I mean, it's just I, I don't I don't need to see more. I, I I honestly wish they would just do something new with a franchise and reboot it at this point. If they want to keep making them, or just stop they, fucking making. They them. did something new. Too. They did Spiral. They did something fresh. I know, and, and I liked it. Chris Rock fucking gave his all on that movie. He was yeah. really good. And they, he was they, a lot better they, than I thought he was. They gonna had be. something going with that. It, it had an ending that set up another film, and. Yeah, I really enjoyed going to see these every Halloween back when they were actually following a story and it was like a different film each year that was like, you know, it's kind of like more pieces to the overall story and shit. Ultimately, it ran ran at its course with the seventh film and that's why they stopped doing them and that's when they took a break and they came back with that Jigsaw prequel. That's a really bad movie. And then, you know, last year with... um, Spiral, which was just, I found it to be sort of a breath of fresh air. If we're going to continue with the Saw franchise, this is the route to go. Hearing this news uh, the other day when it when it broke, just made my head hurt. I'm like, why are we doing this? Why? Better yet, why is to, does Tobin need the money that bad? Does he need the fucking 500k that? Lionsgate's probably going to pay him for two days worth of filming for this or, or whatever. Hey man, don't put the shade on him. It ain't his fault. He ain't the one making it. It's no, a goddamn company. It, I don't know. How many Saw movies this are is the there? Tenth. Jesus. This is the 10th. The name didn't give it oh away. Oh my god. <laughs> I, I honestly I didn't even pick up on that at all. Because you had you that. The, the original series had seven because the final chapter was part seven and then Jigsaw was part eight which was a prequel. Last year's Spiral was part 9. This will be part 10. So, yeah. Um, I gotta be honest with you. The original Saw is probably my favorite horror film ever. I, think I really like... Okay. I really like the trilogy overall. The original trilogy. But 4, 5, 6, 7... Meh. I, I like, I like 4. Um, 4 had fucking... Mark Wahlberg up on that 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 ice thing and he got his head smashed at the end but no uh, four had some nolly kills I remember that five I remember part five was like 75% of that movie is a flashback it is it really is it's it's terrible six though like I said six is really fucking good and then final chapter is just God damn, they brought back Carrie always for the last film, and it's just bad. So bad. He's like, he gained so much weight since the first film, and it's supposed to take place around the same time, and his character looks nothing like he used to. It's just, <laughs> it was just bad overall. Handcuffs didn't fit around his fat ankle. <laughs> right. <laughs> but no, um, I, I don't know. I really don't have much more to say about this. Um <laughs> As, as, as always, more news as it, as it drops. Uh, moving on to more John Wick news. Peacock and Lionsgate 
have uh, inked a multi-year deal for the Continental. Now we've talked about this before. The Continental is going to be the series based on the uh, the hotel from the from the show or from the movies, where like it's basically like base for all the killers. Like you know, you once you're in the Continental, like the main rule is you can't kill. You cannot kill on Continental grounds. So this is supposed to be like. I don't know if it's a prequel or, or, or what it is, honestly. Because, um, honestly, they keep kicking around different information about this series. Last I heard, it was supposed to be on Stars. Now it's Peacock. I mean... Yeah, that's because I don't have Stars. So I was like, well, I guess I'm never watching that. Not that I'm that excited for it. Is, is Mel Gibson still the star of it? Wasn't that the talk at one point? What was it? Wasn't Mel Gibson supposed to be the star? Or am I? Yeah, I, yeah, yes, yeah. Um, Is that still the case? Maybe. Honestly, dude, I don't yeah, know. I, at this I haven't point. heard. Yeah, I've heard. I haven't. Plus, really they've heard got the fourth this, film no. coming out. It's like maybe it's too much. Maybe they got to just you know kind of pump the brakes. Yeah. Oh, here I'd it like is. To- nope. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. I got. A, I got a press release. I had to scroll down some more. So, the prequel series is told from the perspective of the hotel manager, a young Winston Scott, who's um, based, it's Anne McShane's character from the films. Right. Who's dragged through 1975 New York to face a past that he thought he'd left behind. In an attempt to seize control of the iconic hotel, which serves as the meeting point for the world's most dangerous criminals, Winston charts a deadly course through the mysterious underworld of New York City. So, Peter Green, who's a big, he he was Zed, I believe. Right. From, uh, yeah. Yeah. He's uh, he's in this as Uncle Charlie, who's supposed to be a fixer, who has a knack for house cleaning. Apparently, Mel Gibson's on on in this show as Cormac, um, Ben Robson. Never heard of this. I, I I don't know anybody else on this cast list. To be honest with you, um. And yeah, it just names a bunch of producers, which this fucking show has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine fucking producers. Wow. So what, what I mean, you read there may be much more interested in it than I previously had been. Like, so, like, okay. So, let's, so are we, so is everybody it. interested for this? Is everybody interested in seeing a continental, you know, series? Are, are we, are we excited for an expansion of the John eh. Wick universe. I, part of me was hoping Ian McShane was going to be uh, somehow involved, but I guess that's not going to happen. So, I mean, it sounds okay. I don't know. I'm not that excited for it. I like the idea of, of setting it in 70s New York and, and Mel Gibson, I'll watch anything. I know you're not supposed to like Mel Gibson, but the guy's a psychotic. I get it. I agree. But there's just, that's part of what makes him so fascinating because that comes through in like the way he acts. And I don't know. I just find it immensely watchable. I was part of me was hoping his character was going to be the same character from payback. And he's going to be at the hotel. <laughs> Is anybody else hoping that <laughs> fucking payback? I love it. That's great. All right. Um, so let's see. HBO Max, we talked about them recently. You know, they had the whole Discover merger. So, this past week, they laid off 14% of their staff. Um, I don't know what's going on with HBO. I really don't. I, I guess this is kind of a follow-up to last week's uh, Discovery merger uh, shenanigans. Crazy. Yeah, you weren't here last week, Corey, so I guess we can hear your take on all this. So, like, you know, this is just, I, I don't know what HBO Max is doing. We talked about, you know, I don't know if you listened to last week's episode, but we talked about the Batgirl movie being canceled and everything all of a sudden. Like, where are you at on all of this? Uh, I mean, I just think it's fucking sad. I mean, the canceled projects are, like, nearly complete. Or I don't know if Batgirl was complete. I mean, I know it was really far along. But Batgirl was complete from what I heard. It was in post, and it, they ended up eating $90 million, but it was it was a tax write-off. And that's why it yeah, was it, so easy to just say goodbye. <laughs> it's just crazy. I mean, it, it just worries me like about the future. I mean, I was reading an article today that they said the 
Matt Reeves Batman 2 isn't greenlit yet and like normally you would assume it made a decent amount of money they would greenlight it but it's like with what's going on are you really sure they're gonna do another Matt Reeves Batman I mean I think it'd be pretty sad if they didn't but uh, it's just crazy yeah you can definitely tell they're all just about the profits at this point like um I forget the CEO's uh name that's taken over and making all these moves uh, but he's just slashing and burning. It's pretty sad. I mean, I, I think it's pretty appalling. I mean, I've never seen anything like this, at least that I can recall. So I, it's you know crazy to me. So the Batman cost about two hundred million dollars to make. Rule of thumb, double that, four hundred. But it's grossed seven hundred and seventy point eight million dollars. So it's in. It's it's made. It's definitely made a profit. I'm not quite sure why they haven't greenlit the sequel yet um i i I didn't really want to talk about that this week because i feel like the whole dc thing and we were we were already already talking about this so i was gonna bring it up here but you already did so um yeah it's just this whole dc thing is fucked honestly it's frustrating (laughs) it's frustrating to even talk about (laughs) like i feel bad for every dc fan around the planet like it it this whole franchise is fucked. Like every single thing has just been a black cloud that is finally starting to just rain hell upon everybody. All right. How do we feel about wizard of Oz being remade announced this week? What the fuck? This is a total switch. What? <laughs> is this All DC right. too? No, this is dead. This is Warner <laughs> brothers deadline reporting that Kenya Barris or Barris, however you pronounce it, is slated to write and direct the remake for Warner brothers. She's known as the creator of blackish, but, um, Oh, I'm sorry. Kenya's a, 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 a gentleman. My, my apologies. He is best known for the creator <laughs> of blackish, but he also had a hand in writing girls trip shaft and coming to America too. So now he's doing Wizard of Oz, a modern reimagining of the original. It's a fresh take. Fuck this. <laughs> Seriously. Like, no, it's a classic. You can't like it's one of those movies you can't touch. You cannot. You can't touch it. I mean, they already have. No, I'm I mean, not you about got it. The, the Sam Raimi joint. You've got the whiz. You've got that kind of bomb though. The Sam Raimi one bombed. Like I, I don't think people. Yeah, they're all want terrible. Yeah, it's just, yeah. It's not good. Oz didn't bomb, did it? Great <laughs> oh. power. I mean, I don't think it was like a complete. Like it made zero money, but it wasn't like a big success. Like I think they were hoping it was going to be a big success and make more of those. Yeah, type it was modest. It was modest. It made four hundred ninety-three point three million on a two hundred million dollar budget. Yeah. And when you bring like that. when you bring it up nowadays, people go, "Oh yeah, that's right. Sam Raimi did direct that." It's like it's not so not a memorable movie if you're a Sam Raimi fan. I've only seen it I once. I it can't ex- tell you a thing that happened in that film. I didn't know of, it, of its existence. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't either. Honestly, I'm, I'm with Andrew. Yeah, I mean, it's not the worst movie I've ever seen, but it's very unnecessary. Can't yeah. be that great. <laughs> it's not. Yeah, it's Sam Raimi, you know. You've got your Bruce Bruce uh Campbell cameo and everything's, you know, hunk of dory. Honestly, I'll I'll take Return to Oz over over that. Yeah, that's what I'm see saying. Some really crazy know. shit. That's the only like other Wizard Vods film that I could think of that was quote unquote entertaining. It wasn't the greatest, but it was at least entertaining. Gave Look, me fucking nightmares as a kid. The moral of the story the is job. this: nothing is sacred. There, it, it remakes are just gonna happen. Whatever, just another day. Um, and still well, nobody has remade Citizen Kane. Please don't. Yeah. That's right. a joke. Please don't. <laughs> We're gonna, I was like, what are you antagonizing him, Andrew? Like no, somebody's gonna listen to this. God, and, don't. Somebody's gonna listen to this. And be like, fuck him. I'm remaking it now. All right, <clears throat> moving on. In life, we ask the simple questions, such as, what is the meaning of life? Are ghosts real? And, is Captain America a virgin? According to Kevin Feige, She-Hulk will answer that very question tomorrow. Oh, Jesus Christ. I came across this. I came across this on Joe Blow, (laughs) or today, whenever this, yeah, when this drops. Um... 
I came across this article in Joe Blow, and I'm like, why are we, why, why, why? Um, I've never once asked that question, honestly. Like, I can't even believe I'm talking about this right now. Um, I'm trying to find the quote here. So, Kevin Feige had a definite answer in regard to whether or not he's a virgin. Yes, he's a virgin. That is straight from Kevin's golden mouth, apparently. Yay. All right, crickets. I love it. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm even going to add I mean, that. Yeah, like, I, that's not I'm something, even gonna, like you said, like, I needed to know. Like I'm even going to add the cricket sound. Never crossed my All mind. Right, we're going to move on to hotter news. <laughs> Ezra, Ezra Miller. He's been found. And he's broken his silence. Oh, God. So he's come up with this fucking bullshit apology. Sorry. I'm sorry. This professional apology. That's what psychopaths apology. do, yes. Um... Having recently gone through a time of intense crisis, I now understand that I am suffering complex mental health issues and have begun ongoing treatment. I want to apologize to everyone that I have alarmed and upset with my past behavior. I am committed to do the necessary work to get back to my healthy, safe, and productive stage in my life. So, is this bullshit? Or is this, I don't know, is this a PR stunt? This sounds like a PR stunt. This this is coming from I don't think it really matters because nobody's going to hire him. Oh, he's fucked. I mean, he's definitely fucked. He's never getting a job. He's done. He's like Ben Affleck in fucking Jersey Girl. He's never getting a job. He's blacklisted for the rest of his life, probably. Um, Yeah. But I think that this was just something that Warner Brothers kind of forced him to do, or maybe their team just put it together and said it came from him because they have a movie to save that comes out next March. Well, pretty blunt. Save. I mean, like, and he's got a career to save. So, um, benefit everybody if if the statement turns out to be true. I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. I mean, crazy people don't know they're crazy. So it's like, if if he somehow has like come to grips with it, is going to try to to work on that, then fine. You know, let's see how it plays out. But. Um, if it's bullshit, I mean, he's, he's done. If he just goes crazy again, it's like, yeah, fuck you. I mean, he's, he's done. There's no coming back from that. Yeah. I think he's, I mean, crazy, crazy or not, I'm still going to go see the damn movie. I I think he's just a good flash. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm excited for it. I think it's bullshit. I, I don't know. I, I just think He's definitely crazy, and I think that's a long road to actually recovering. And just for this to kind of come out, just the wording of it is just like my complex mental state. Like, it doesn't even say anything specific, really. Like, if he was really working on it, they would have an idea of of what's so fucked in his head at this point, I think. So I, I definitely think it's just a move to save his career and save the movie, for sure. I mean, I hope he gets help. I mean, obviously... Something's fu- uh, screws fucking loose somewhere. But don't get me wrong. So, I mean, he needs help he first and help. foremost. You know, damn the career. Like he needs to save himself. You know, but like he he's legitimately a good actor. Like Perks of Being a Wallflower. I mean, he was great in that movie. I love that movie. Like that. Yeah, that, he was really good in that. So, yeah, can be good. I was never even before all this shit. I was never the biggest Ezra Miller fan. So yeah, that's. Pretty much all the news for the week. Uh, let's move on to common attractions. Coming soon to theaters. So let's talk about this Wednesday trailer from Netflix that dropped the uh, the other day. Miss Adams, you certainly had a very interesting educational journey. Eight schools in five years. Hey, freak, this is a close practice. <laughs> the only person who gets to torture my brother is me. I did the world a favor. 
People like Dalton shouldn't be allowed to procreate. Getting expelled was just a bonus. You will love Nevermore. It's a magical place. I met your mother. That's all I love. Finally, you will be among peers who understand you. Maybe you'll even make some friends. Wanna take a stab at being social? I do like stabbing. Little did I know I'd be stepping into a nightmare. Full of mystery, mayhem, and murder. I think I'm going to love it here. We've been hearing about this. Tim Burton's producing. We have Catherine Zeta Jones as Morticia, uh, Louis Go- uh, Guzman as um, Gomez Adams, and of course, Jenna Ortega as Wednesday. So now we actually have something to see. Um, before it was just, you know, a couple pictures here. We knew who was in it we just didn't know what the hell the, we didn't know anything about the tone or what they're going for I'm going to be the first to say I really like this I yeah, really really like this more than I thought I was going to this it was, this was a too. breath of fresh air this was something that I'm really digging I love the dark theme that they're going for it looks like they're setting up an actual Adams Family series, like a bigger show, which I, I'm excited about if that does happen because, look, it's got that dark tone that the Sonnenberg films even had. As funny as they were, Adams Family and Adams Family Values, they still had some pretty dark shit going on. And I like how this yeah. show, I mean, even though this looks like it's darker than those movies were, I still... I'm on board on, you know, and I've already ranted before about Jenna Ortega. I'm a big fan of hers. So, you know, I'm in. Sign me the fuck up. Andrew, I heard you talking about this. What's the problem with it, buddy? Oh, 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 oh my God. Uh, first of all, I just want to preface this by saying that I don't like Tim Burton. Second He's not directing it or anything I like just, that. I just, I just feel like whenever Tim Burton touches something, it's... Yeah. Well, fuck um, you, buddy. <clears throat> anyhow, that's I. I watched the trailer twice today at work, trying to like convince myself that it was at least subpar, but it really isn't. It's a shock value trailer that just doesn't really connect with me at all. But my biggest gripe is the actual actors. Like, what? I feel like Why? literally nobody fits. Guzman? I feel like literally nobody like fits into this like act of theirs and for whatever reason like luis gozman like wh- why why the why is he gomez like yeah i, mean, I look I at this image I, I look at this image of the family portrait and it's just like <laughs> who, who, who the fuck actually picked this guy who would you cast then <laughs> who would you cast as gomez Honestly, I would pick John Leguizamo over fucking Guzman. Like I like that. Adrian and I'm not Pascal. and I'm and I'm not saying <laughs> I'm not saying that he should be. I'm just saying like Guzman is like literally the very last resource that you go to to pick and you guys picked him off the cuff. Whoa. Like I don't I don't know. I I Corey. I watched this trailer and I'm like, dude, I'm not impressed by this like literally at all. And it's it's the actors, it's the actual portrayal, it's it's everything about this was just so. Ugh. It 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 just made me want to just slap somebody. Honestly, it's so bad. <laughs> Corey, did you say Adrian Pascal? Pedro Pascal. Fucking literally anybody that isn't Gozman, please. For the love that's of God. A, that's a good one, honestly. Pedro Pascal is. Good. I think he would be good uh, after uh, I just watched. Yeah. Uh, Let him be Joel in The Last of Us. It's a, it's all good. I would just watch that um, Nick Cage movie. What's it? The unbearable weight of massive talent. He was great in that. I think uh, he would be good as Gomez. I mean, I don't care. I I don't mind Luis Go- Guzman. Does he look like Gomez in my head? Not really. Looks but, more like you know, Fester. Give him a shot. 
Yeah, I, I don't know. Where think the fuck is Fester? <laughs> They're saving something, yeah. you know. I'm having a really hard time not imagining Angelica Houston. Like well, the Sonnenfeld, a really hard time. Yeah, the Sonnenfeld movies are iconic. I mean, I I love those movies, so I I think this one reminded me of it a little bit. So I'm excited. I'm just, it just makes me feel like Danny Trejo had to have been in the argument there, right? To be, <laughs> like maybe, you know what I mean? I just feel like it's I don't know. You, no, just the the eighty year old Danny Trejo is definitely not in the conversations for fucking. But Gomez Gozman Adams, is, bro. He's probably like 20 years younger. That's not the point. He does not fit the role at all. It looks it looks so bad, honestly. Don't knock until you try. I want to I want to compare this to everybody's take on months. You're you're tearing this Real apart talk. over a minute and a half teaser. Relax. Uh, this looks a lot better than the monsters. Yeah, yeah. this looks like a real fucking show. <laughs> <laughs> so right there, it's got thumbs up for mine for my end. I'm excited for it. Like I said, it looks a lot better than I thought it was going to look. So sign me the fuck up. All right, let's move on to physical media roundup. Anybody pick up anything recently? I know what I got. I picked up that Child's Play 4K yesterday. You? you? Let me tell you something. I put that motherfucker in. Not only had Child's Play never looked as good as it has now with this 4K edition, I have noticed things I never noticed before. Like, the Dolby Atmos sound really adds layers that I never noticed before and shit. Especially the scene where Chucky's attacking um, uh, Christopher uh, Sarandon in the fucking car and it flips over and shit. And um, you hear like scrapes and stuff from Chucky running around the car that I never heard before. It was crazy. And then like just the... The actual like 4K restoration, like the 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 colors popping, the grain structure is phenomenal. Like the movie looks amazing, and like I just tomorrow Child's Play two comes in. I cannot wait to fucking see how that looks in 4K. So, but that's all I got recently. I noticed that they also put out um, uh, Red Dawn came out in 4K yesterday, but I haven't picked it up yet. So. Yeah, I haven't really gotten much. Just Child's Play for now. So, um, anybody else pick anything up recently? I got some stuff at the thrift store the other day. Yeah, I saw you got uh, the Kill Shot book. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize that there was a movie. I'll, I'll have to. Well, I'm, I'm going to read the book first, and then I'll I'll look out for the movie. Yeah, after reading um, Rum Punch, I want to read some more Elmore Leonard. I like that. So, um, nice. Yeah, but as far as movies, I got um, Miami Vice Director's Cut. Um, Have you rewatched it? I haven't rewatched it yet, but I mean, I just watched it for the first time just like two months ago, and I fucking loved it. So yeah, man, um, and I, good shit. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if what I watched was the director's cut or not, but uh, I watched it on HBO, so I don't know if that's what they're showing. I think on it there. is. I think yeah, is I think, director's I, cut. I, I think I read somewhere that anything after it left the movies, you're seeing the director's cut. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, I got uh, Eddie Murphy Raw. Needed that. <laughs> I got Larry, so I needed to get Raw too. Um, I got a movie called No Mercy with uh, Richard Gere and Kim Basinger. Yeah, it's like I'm, late I'm late eighties. I've never seen it. That was that, that was a blind buy, but for like you know a buck and change, I figure why not. Um, I got. Dr. T and the Women, which I know isn't a great movie, but it's a Robert Altman movie, and it's it's a blind spot for Richard me. Richard Gere. So, yeah, Richard Gere. It's funny, because earlier that day, too, I don't even know how Richard Gere came up, but I said to my wife, I was like, I'm not the biggest Richard Gere fan in the world. And then I fucking later that day buy two movies. Yeah, I was going to say, what the hell? Um, <laughs> but that's like, just as a Robert Altman fan, that's one that I've seen bits and pieces of it, never saw the whole thing. So I was like, yeah, fuck it. I'll buy it. You know, whatever. Um, and then finally, I got Jaws: The Revenge. Of course, you did. 
hell yeah. <laughs> a true Jaws sequel. Exactly. <laughs> nice. Um. All right. So this week, Kino Lorber announced uh, Red Dragon is coming out in 4K to complete the Hannibal Lecter, or at least the Anthony Hopkins Hannibal Lecter saga. Um, because they uh, previously released Hannibal and Silence of the Lambs in 4K, and now they're putting out Red Dragon. Uh, no street date yet, but probably October, November, and the fall, right around then. Because usually when Kino announces a title, about two or three weeks later, they'll announce the date for it, along with the uh, what the uh, cover art will look like. So, um. Tropic Thunder. There, we announced earlier that they, they, or a couple months ago, that they're putting out Tropic Thunder in 4K, but um, I'm seeing that that's actually been delayed from September 13th when it was supposed to come out to October 18th. So, mark your calendars for that. Criterion announced their November lineup today. Uh, they announced uh, foreign film Daisies is making its Blu-ray debut on November 1st. Uh, the Power of the Dog is coming out on 4K, Blu-ray, and DVD from Criterion on November 8th. They're also putting out In the Mood for Love. It's a foreign film, 4K, Blu-ray, and DVD November 1st. And wrapping, uh, and then, um, rounding out November for Criterion is the Infernal Affairs Trilogy, making its Blu-ray debut on November 15th. I'm actually excited for that one. And also, Malcolm X is coming to Criterion on 4K and Blu-ray on November 22nd. So, it's a pretty strong Criterion lineup for November, I think. Um, yeah, I'm intrigued. I mean, three out of five ain't bad. It'll actually, probably more than that. Infernal. Yeah, still, it's, it's a lot of titles. It's, it's a lot... I'm familiar with most of it. The only one I'm not familiar with is the In the Mood for Love. But uh, uh, you should be familiar with it, motherfucker. I lent it to you about three years ago. <laughs> no, you did. <laughs> yeah, never got it back either. You've got no. I haven't. You got my In the Mood for Love, my 2046, and my Ashes of Time. All Wong Kar, Kar- Wai movies. You got them all. So fucking watch them and give them back. <laughs> <laughs> You should be very in, uh, familiar with In the Mood for Love at this point. You've had it long enough to watch it like <laughs> 10 times. That's right. And it's that good of a movie that you will want to watch it 10 times. So all joking aside, watch those movies because they're fucking, all of them are masterpieces. All right, well, there we go. Um, <laughs> Paramount finally announced Top Gun Maverick coming out in November. <laughs> When the fuck I thought you were going to say 2023 or 2024. Might as well at this point. Yeah, it's not coming out to uh, Blu-ray and, and um, 4K until November 1st. And they announced though that the 4K and Blu-ray will both have the IMAX ratios. So when the IMAX scenes come up, the uh, format will change on the screen. Kind of like uh, a lot of Nolan films do that. Dark Knight, yeah. Dark Knight does that, yeah. And also um, Inception. And more recently with uh, Tenet. Paramount is putting out 48 Hours in 4K on December 6th. And finally, Bodies, 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 which came out this past week, is coming out on October 18th from Lionsgate. All right, let's uh, go from there and move on to Weekly Recommends. What would you get for a six-year-old boy who chronically wets his bed? Corey, what are you going to recommend this week? Haven't heard anything from you in a while. You didn't do it last week, so let's have you go first. Yes, I haven't really watched uh, any movies other than, uh, you know, what I need for the podcast. So I've been watching that uh, series We Own the City on HBO Max. Yes, and really been enjoying that. I, I think I only have maybe one and a half more parts left. Um, but yeah, really enjoy it. I mean, I, I still like The Wire better, but really good like a it's really awesome seeing something you know set and filmed in baltimore uh, i enjoy um Barenthal's, um baltimore accent throughout the show because it definitely comes on thick in certain spots and then kind of 
disappears a little bit in other oh, spots. Yeah. Oh, yes, it does. <laughs> but um, he does a pretty good job overall, I think, though, with the accent. It sounds pretty good when he says the O's. You know? <laughs> it's a really good show, man. I watched it back when it was live, when it was actually one. And, uh, you know, it's short. It's only six episodes, but it's really good. And it's, um, yeah, I can't recommend it enough. The um, Later on, it's, it's not really a spoiler. They they showed they, they reenact the riot after Freddie Gray. I was, like, completely yep. blown away at how they did that. They actually, like, went to the mall and, like, got people to come out and, like, just reenact something that just was fucking... It, it really put a damper on this city, those riots back when, you know, in 2015. And for them to actually, like, go there and actually have... Baltimore citizens like willingly come out and like participate, you know, and 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 just reenact that. It's just it's heavy, you know. So the show definitely earned my utmost respect, even even before this that happened. But like after that moment happened, I think it's like episode four when we see that in a flashback. Like I was just like, okay, this fucking show is incredible, you know. The 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 fact that they were able to just do that is just wow. That's just, I'm yeah. blown away. No, it's pretty cool. And, uh, you know, just a personal note, like, you know, I'll never forget that because my dad worked a mile away from where that was happening. When that was happening, like, he was at work that day. Like, they were boarding up windows. I was coming home from a job interview in Laurel and went through the, I actually ended up going around the city because of that. Yeah, so. it was just crazy. But uh, the show's great. Like, the writing just... Everything, the acting's fantastic. I, I especially like, you know, obviously it, it's slanted towards one side, but you do get both sides. You know, you kind of see, you know, the citizen's perspective and the police officer's uh, perspective, even though it might, you know, obviously is wrong, but, <laughs> you know, you can kind of understand where they're coming from. So I, I respect it. And you also see like it from the politician's perspective also. There's a lot of different right. perspectives you see it from, um, you know. Not all of them are right or wrong. It's it's just, it's really, if you're familiar with David Simon and his work, of course, The Wire, The Corner, just to name a couple, recently The Deuce, um, then you, you, you get what you expect. You know what you're know what you in for, just, you're not in for any fuckery, right, to, put, to be point blank, when it comes to David Simon, so, and this show is no different, so, yeah. The Deuce yeah. is great. The, dude, the, the deuce. deuce is good. I love that show. I still got to finish it. I I watched like the what was it? Three seasons. It was yeah, three. it's only three seasons. I think I watched the first two seasons. Yeah, the last two episodes are terrible. Or maybe it's just the last one. I know it didn't end well. It was like, oh my god, the show's been so good to fall apart now. But um, it's well worth the watch. It's so good. I um I have a buddy who was actually would occasionally hang out with that guy. The uh, the guy that John Barenthal character is based on, like he knew him, but when I think he went to high school huh. with, him. oh yeah, he said he was a nice guy, but like super intense, like you know, it kind of you don't sense. say, yeah, exactly, it makes <laughs> sense. Get the fuck out of here! All right, um, oh shit, Jocelyn, what do you got for us this week? Um, I haven't, so I haven't watched like any newer movies, uh, in the last week, but I did watch Trainwreck, the Woodstock 99 documentary. Okay. Now, how is that compared to, did you watch the, uh, HBO one that the Ringer produced back in, it was, I think it was last year or something like that. I did okay. not. So okay. yeah, this is like, I watched that. I mean, besides, I mean, obviously I watched it. I mean, I a lot yeah, of us we were, have probably we watched it. it. Our our generation, yeah. yeah, say put it that way, because I, you know, the younger kids are like, "What the hell is that?" You know? <laughs> yep. But um, yeah, I remember my mom actually like bought it on pay per view so that we could watch it. And, <laughs> the Meskers got it. Shout too. out, Andy and them got that. Um, either they rented it or they, because I know they had like one of those boxes, the hot boxes. And oh, I think yeah, we watched yeah, yeah. it off of that. Either one or the other. I know we yeah. watched. I have memories of watching, you know, coming in and out of the house during that weekend, watching different performances at their house. Yeah. So. 
but it's oh my god just watching the way that they like you know cut corners and just to save a dime and stuff it it was ridiculous yeah, i learned a lot it's like one. almost yeah i mean the thing that cracked me up is like at the beginning of the weekend like a bottle of water costs four dollars yeah. and then halfway through like saturday it was twelve dollars a bottle i was like what the fuck That's that like, and all the fucking crazy the, to hear about all that you looks like people were just like playing and around in mud but no it was actual shit they were rolling around in shit. that wasn't mud that yeah. was shit okay <laughs> yeah it's it just nasty there was like no shade like i don't know i don't know how people yeah, no shade what the i f- mean and like a lot of people complained about it but like i don't know maybe it's because i'm older and i'm like i don't do crowds anymore and stuff but i would have been like all right i'm out of here like uh fuck this like Can you imagine like <laughs> just trying to sleep you know like, doing that shit and like everyone coming and fucking with your tent no like, you would not be able to to have slept doing that no not at all i mean i remember like begging my mom to take me to it and she yeah was, i wanted like, to go too she debated it and then she was like, no. And then I remember just watching it live with her. And then, you know, MTV News is showing like the riots and shit going on. Oh, yeah. and my mom's like, I'm so glad we didn't go. And I'm like, yeah. Chili <laughs> peppers and Limp Bizkit, just that left right combo. Just did it in. <laughs> yeah. But it, but at the same time, too, it was like, you know, our generation, I feel like, you know, th- they had talked about this in one of the, um, uh, uh, Foo Fighter, like one of Dave Grohl's projects, how talking about like how like that, you know, that generation of well, oh, you and I talked about it actually after like Taylor died, like that generation of like going to concerts, waiting in line for tickets and everything, yeah. like like our kids will never experience no. that, like nope. it's nope. over, it's sad, and it's just you know yeah and i mean like i know it's corn, i'm not like a huge corn fan, but just seeing like the hype and everybody like talk about it and how everybody was like so excited everybody went crazy and it was just it gave me goosebumps because i was just like oh god like i will never know what that feels like again you know because it's just it's it's all different times have changed yeah completely you know the 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 days of like you know big radio festivals it's sadly gone so yeah but it's also a really good show to to show like the generational divide yeah you're right how things were the original woodstock and how things are you know now just how a few generations can change so much and how um i mean even the i guess i guess entitled our our generation but i was gonna also say like yeah even the differences between 94 and 99 were like yeah i went to 94 and that was night and day compared to apparently what the hell was going on at 99. That was only five years, you know, five year difference. Like 90, yeah. 94 people, there were a lot of like old hippies there. I'm sure it was like people that were at the original or it was a lot of people who were trying to re- kind of recapture that in a way. In 99, it was just a lot of like pent up anger coming out. It was, it was, a lot, it was all new yeah. metal and shit. Yeah. Well, I was going to say the music had a lot to do with it, too, because I know like one of the guys, he was like 21 years old and he was like trying to tell them, like, I don't think, you know, the kind of crowd you're going to bring in with this, you know, these bands. And I'm like, you know, give it to the 21 year old kid that's like, you know, trying to warn them, but they didn't listen. So (laughs) it's trying to be the voice of reason at 21. New metal and Moby. Yeah, I've got to I've got to check that out. (laughs) <laughs> it's good though. It, it, it's a good watch. Greg and I sat down to watch one episode. We ended up watching all three in the same night. So right. it was nice. good. All right, Andrew, you're up. Dude. All right. So my recommendation this week is the Beastmaster. Right? It's got it's got two sequels <laughs> after it. Yes, it does. The motherfucking it's, <laughs> It's got a guy named Max in the film who is portrayed by some other dude. Uh, Rip Torn's in the movie. It's yes, it's is. a budget of nine million, and yeah. the box office made fourteen million. That's five million dollars profit, baby. Who directed it? <laughs> it a guy named Don Costarelli. A guy named Don. There you go. Don Costarelli. <laughs> guy named Don. All right. So it's loosely based on a nineteen fifty nine novel called The Beastmaster. Yeah. By the guy by a guy named Andre Norton. Uh-huh. And the film features a dude who can talk to animals, and he yes, fights he evil. Oh yeah, that's it. That's all you need to know. That's <laughs> five million dollar fucking uh, gross profit. 
That's <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that, <laughs> Andrew. Thank you for the box uh, office numbers. Yeah, yeah. Nothing, nothing but. Um, my my honest recommendation is Eight Crazy Nights. See, Eight Crazy Nights is an un, like the Adam Sandler movie. Un, yeah, that at, nobody talks about this film. I feel when they talk about classic Adam Sandler films, but I love it. Classic. I loved it. It sucks. What classic. are you talking about? I, don't, I said, fuck, fuck that. I love this film. I I I think this film's hilarious. And I, I even watched that. it the other day. I even la- watched it the other day and like chuckled pretty fucking hard. I mean, why the fuck are you watching it anyway? It's not even near Christmas. I don't care. <laughs> hey, Christmas, Christmas in I don't, I don't August. Care. We were, to- we were talking July. about the work, but I, t- I sat down I'll and I watched it, it and I laughed. I, I laughed a lot harder than I thought I would. I remember not liking this film too great, but you know, I guess maybe because I'm older Ooh, and that Christmas like in July just happened. I like stupider films or whatever at this point in my life. Not to mention it's an hour and 15 minutes. Like, you're not really wasting a lot of time watching it. You know what I mean? So, That's uh, right. Eight Crazy Nights, if you've never seen it, it's got some classic one-liners in it. It's not the greatest film, <laughs> according to Corey, but I liked it. I had a good time. According to Corey. <laughs> Fucked it up, Corey. All right. It's um, better than Click. How's that? <laughs> All right, well... I, I I can tell you guys, I can I can recommend something not to watch. That's this fucking movie on Peacock called They Slash Them. Oh uh, yeah, I keep seeing that pop it up. It is God God fucking kill me awful. It is seriously. I gave it a one star immediately after I watched it. It's <laughs> man, it sucks. is the worst fucking horror. I do. No, no, I'm not even gonna start. So don't watch that. Watch Black Mask. Instead, watch the Black Phone. This or Black movie, Phone, I'm shit. Sorry. This movie has been sitting with me since I watched it over the weekend. I don't know if it was the spot on '70s aesthetic or Ethan Hawke. Man, his performance was fucking incredible. I I don't know where the sinister villainous career turn came from, but. He's definitely proven that he's got the chops. And, you know, I was kind of in the fence with the film, but then there's this particular moment when he reacts to something that happens to him and suddenly, fucky, bam. I Like, there was this shift in opinion, and from that moment forward, I was all fucking in. I think... <laughs> I thought you were going to say I watched They, Them afterwards and it changed no. my opinion because I realized how bad it could be. No, no. <laughs> I, th- I think Scott Derrickson and C. Robert Cargill, shout out to the Junk Food, Junk Food Cinema Podcast, crafted a gripping and genuine ad- adaptation on um, is it Joe Hill, Stephen, Stephen King's son, Joe Hill's short story. They know everything from the chilling atmosphere, wherever they're in the basement with Hawks, Grabber, and Mason Thames, Finney, to the pacing and they even pay attention to small details in the story which I appreciated there's some really good details that horror fans will appreciate and if you're not a horror fan it's it's not something with lousy jump scares or gore it, it focuses on the intensity and performances from all the characters Hawks the real MVP everyone should check it out or don't it's totally up to you, but if you do it, check it out, I think you're going to be pleased with the end result. That's my week. That's my recommendation this week. Can't recommend it enough. The Black Phone, so good. I know. I was literally going to watch it the other night, but I was tired and I wanted to actually like you know watch the whole thing and not fall asleep. So you should watch it after we're done it recording. Soon. It's good shit. I'm I'm honestly shocked that uh, you liked it because. You're the first person I've seen that's watched it and actually said they liked it. Really? I, I'm. Yeah, I've been seeing a lot of posts online saying that it, it was. Did you not watch good. it? Like it? I okay. didn't. I didn't just because I have kids and the whole premise of like the trailer just kind of creeps me out, makes my anxiety go, and I'm like, ah, I don't know. I don't know if I want to watch it. Yeah, it's got. <laughs> What's it's, it on got... at this point? Huh? What's it streaming on at this point? Peacock. Oh, is it? I didn't realize it was on there. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, it I, just came on. Yeah. It was, it, it, like, I think last Friday they added it. 
So I watched that. It, it, it was the Benji's this weekend. I was it was that nope. I'm like, that's a good double feature. Actually, I would I have went to that. I haven't been to the drive-in since like in like 30 years. So I don't know what it looks like these days. And it's like some of these movies, like it's something the same. Like, but I mean something, <laughs> yeah. So something like nope or even black phone, I kind of want to see them in a little bit better. Uh, you know, I want it to look a little bit better than projected on a drive-in screen. I mean, they do a decent enough job of that, but especially something like Nope, I have a feeling is, is very cinematic. So I want that, that first viewing to at least be on a, a good TV, not, not a to drive in. And I also, it's worth mentioning. I went, cause I mentioned I went to the beach the other day for my birthday and I had a, a list of things I wanted to, to do while I was down there. And one of them was I wanted to see one final movie at the Sun and Surf Cinema before it closes at the end of the month because it's closing down for good. And I've been going to that theater for hmm. the last 25, I didn't know 30 that years. Close yeah, that warehouse at the top. Yeah, it's finally closing. And um, huh. I went, I went, I wanted to see one last film. So I saw a board train. And, you know, board train was fun. Um, it, you know, I kind of take that film and it, it it's it's kind of like it's hard to put into words. It, there's a lot of movies with like, uh, like big actors that are, that that are I don't know how to fucking word this. Um, slumming it. I I don't know. It's just tiresome. It's just like these 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 like computer generated atmospheric settings and I, I I don't know I enjoyed it but I had problems with it at the same time it doesn't sound like you enjoyed it <laughs> no I did it's really funny no it's got no Brad Pitt's funny as shit and also um you know it's got a lot of you know it's a couple of surprising cameos one cameo, not so surprising, because the motherfucker cameos in every other movie. I think you know who I'm talking about without even mentioning his name. But there was a couple surprises, and, you know, it's just, you know, it's dumb fun. You know, what can you say? It's not a movie where you're going to go into it. What? My eight-year-old wants to see it. Is it appropriate? I know it's an R-rated. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, it's only, it's, it's, it's. Are because of a couple f bombs and because of some ridiculous gore. Yeah, the violence and it's you know it's over the top gore too. We watched. I probably shouldn't be putting this out there, and this isn't my weekly recommend. But we watched uh, Jackass Forever the other night. (laughs) 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 At one point, talk about an awkward moment. I put it on at first, like just watching it by myself, and then he heard me laughing, so he he was upstairs playing playing a video game so he comes downstairs to see what i'm laughing at and he starts watching it with me and i'm like ah, fuck it you know it's it, I, I know it's inappropriate but it's not anything like i don't think that'll damage his sight. <laughs> but at one point he does look at me and go everything's with everything with these guys is penis <laughs> yes <laughs> yes <laughs> i was waiting <laughs> yeah okay the I... way to the dick monster at the beginning <laughs> because <laughs> i because Madeline saw it with me when I saw it in the theater, and like every other fucking segment was like involved their dicks and shit, and I was just like, I'm waiting, <laughs> I'm cringing, waiting for her to say something. Thank God she didn't. <laughs> when my son, when my son gets older, if he's like, I want to watch Jackass Forever, I'll be like, Son, have fun by yourself. I don't need to watch that. Yeah, <laughs> comes a point in your life you got to do shit on your own. <laughs> uh, so, what are you gonna recommend then, Justin? Um, so for recommend, um, I, I watched Saturday night Belfast, um, that Kenneth Browning movie that was nominated for all the Academy Awards. It's just called oh, yeah. Belfast. Belfast. Did I say something? Saturday you night call Belfast. Saturday oh, night Belfast. Sandra Volta shows up and fucking does a little dance. <laughs> she hears some PGs so mixed in. Give me a break. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'd like, I kind of had a feeling I was going to hate it. I ended up actually really liking it, but there are a few scenes that are beyond fucking God awful. Like it it, almost enough to like take you out of the movie. But I thought the stuff. John Travolta scene. (laughs) Is it? That was Saturday Night Belfast. He was still Um, alive. 
Yeah, so I don't. I, I would recommend it though. I thought it was. I thought it was a good movie. Um, but the one I really want to recommend, and I know I'm late to the party on this one. It's kind of like an uncut gems thing, um, and I like it almost as much as uncut gems is uh, Paul Schrader's first Reformed from about five years ago. Uh, I another still yet to see that movie. Oh my god, man! Fucking watch it tomorrow. It, <laughs> okay, it, it's mind blowing. Like how good that movie is. Like I was not prepared for how good. I've heard like people say it's really good. Like it's, it's not even praised nearly enough. It's fucking mind blowing. Right. I, I don't want to say a lot because no, like right. I, I knew very little about it going into it, and that's kind of the way to go into it. Yeah, it's just him yeah. and Amanda Seyfried, right? Well, it's not just them, but yeah, I mean they're they're the uh, two biggest. Well, they're the two uh, actors who I like. Yeah, they're like the two it. main characters, right? And it's like. It's almost like Trader making, you know, he wrote Taxi Driver. It's almost like him making his version of Taxi Driver, um, but that he subverts sense. it. Yeah, it's it's really it's. And I, I'll tell you what this this is a fucking hot take and a stupid thing to say. I've <laughs> seen Taxi Driver probably like twenty times, and I watched this movie just for the first time the other night, and I already like this movie better than Taxi Driver. That's Get how the fuck out of here. That, that's how Ooh, I don't know about all that. It's Get a, the fuck out really? so That good, it's huh? It's a fucking mind-bogglingly good movie. Now I gotta. I, it was on my watch list, but now I gotta. Bump yeah, it to the top. motherfucker. Now I gotta try. Now, I, now I gotta go and watch this movie by, tomorrow. Yeah, I just, I probably just hyped it too much by the taxi driver comparison, but that's just what I was thinking as I was watching it. No, you just motivated a lot of motherfuckers to go watch the movie. That's all. So yeah, I love Paul Schrader. So Me too. I, I, it was yeah, already on my list. I've been on a Paul Schrader run lately. I got, I still have the card counter on my. How's TV the card counter? Oh, you haven't watched the other okay. I haven't watched it yet. Haven't it's seen. good. Yeah, it's, it's really good. That's another one. It's supposed to be really good. Got to see. And um, I got one he did in the '80s called Mishima. Um, it's like a Japanese set movie, but it's supposed to be really highly stylized. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, Paul Schrader. I I kind of just I was never really into him as a kid. I just kind of thought he was ho-hum but i've been watching you know i watched a handful of his movies probably in the past two years and he's anything but ho-hum he, he's really underrated yeah agreed well if you're craving more film effect content we've got a never-ending collection of previous episodes that date back to february of last year it's been a while we got over 100 episodes a lot of them never ending we add to it every week this week we got a very in-depth informative and fun conversation on freddy versus jason next week before (laughs) sunset following up our before sunrise episode from february with our before midnight episode coming around the holidays to round up the trilogy lady gents any last words before we sign off Nope. Have a good week, everybody. Yeah, have a good one. Yep, have a good weekend. Glad y'all could join us. See you, film effectors. As always, thanks again for checking out another episode of FuryCast. Until next week, I'm Ed. I'm Andrew. I'm Jocelyn. I'm Justin. And I'm definitely Corey. <laughs> this oh is another edition of FuryCast. The Film Effect Weekly Entertainment Recap Podcast. We'll see everyone next week. Take care now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. See ya. I kind of like this is Justin. I, I, I like that. This is Justin coming at you from the iPhone.